It's time to go under the hood with the Indy Fuel. Welcome to the Under the Hood podcast, the official podcast of the Indy Fuel. I am Andrew Smith. It's Thanksgiving week, and we're glad you've joined us on this edition of Under the Hood. We'll take a look back at the last weekend for the fuel and also take a look at some fuel news and some of the upcoming games as well and bring you interviews with four different people, Andrew Balot. Anthony Firiolo, Santino Centurame, and also our guest on Survivor Night, Rupert Bonham. You'll hear those interviews later on in the program. Well, the Fuel had a 3-3 three and three home weekend last weekend as they took on the Wheeling Nailers on Friday night, Kalamazoo Wings on Saturday, and the Toledo Walleye on Sunday. Friday's game against Wheeling may have been the best 60-minute effort the Fuel have put together this season, and it got started fairly quickly in the first period with a pair of goals. You leave it for Seamus Malone, who will skate it up. The Fuel captain across the zone line or right down the middle, across the logo at center, fake to drop pass, and brings it into the zone to Blot. He shoots! He scores! Andrew Blot goes top shelf, high on the glove side of McNiven. And the fuel lead at one to nothing. Seamus Malone comes off the bench and moves the puck out to center. Nifty move by Lemos to bring it across the line. Here's a centering feed for a shot. Score! Anthony Firiolo has given the fuel a two to nothing lead as the puck came to him right in the slot, right between the hash marks, and he goes bar down for his first career professional goal. Firiolo's goal was his first career goal. And you'll hear from him a little later on in the program talking about that. In the second period, the fuel extended the lead to three to nothing. Shot from Peters along the right wing boards blocked into the corner. Here's a centering feed for Jordan. He scores! Zach Jordan! Squirts one through the five hole and the fuel lead to three to nothing. Good work in the corner. Peters initial shot was blocked. It came to the corner to Gagne, and he fed it out in front to Jordan in the right circle. Quick catch and release with a wrist shot, and it caught Peters through the legs, trickled through them, and a 100 seconds into period number two, Zach Jordan has given the fuel a 3 to nothing lead. Jordan's second of the season in five games. Mitchell Weeks had a great game in goal as he stopped 27 shots and the Fuel won that contest 4-1. to They fell 4 nothing to Kalamazoo on Saturday. On Sunday, Toledo came to town while the Fuel dropped that game 4-1. to It was notable as defenseman Santino Centurame scored his first goal as a member of the Fuel. Tillis drops it off Jordan. Centurame, top of the right circle. He'll bring it into the high slot. Shoot! Score! Santino Centurame! On the power play, rips a wrist shot, top shelf, past Lefferman, and the Fuel have tied the game at one. On Wednesday, the Fuel traveled to Cincinnati and fell 7-3, to although that was notable in that Colin Bielik returned to the lineup for the first time this season. He had missed the first 11 games due to an injury. It's good to have him back in the lineup, and he scored the Fuel's first goal on Wednesday night as well. Indy has made a number of moves, and part of that 
due to the Rockford Icehawks. They've called up DJ King, Ross McDougal, and then in the last couple of days, Ryan Gagne and Zach Jordan have been called up to Rockford thanks to some injuries and some roster moves at the AHL and NHL levels. Also, the Fuel claimed Connor Fedorikov of waivers from Reading. Connor is a graduate of Utica College. He also played three years at Ferris State. He started his pro career last spring in Kalamazoo and then started the year in Reading and was waived by the Royals, picked up by the Fuel. He was in the lineup on Wednesday night in Cincinnati. Also, the Fuel made a significant trade on Thursday, trading Luke Brown and Kirill Chaika to the Jacksonville Icemen in exchange for Anthony Petrozelli and Victor Hadfield. Petrozelli is a two-year captain of the Fort Wayne Comets, had spent the previous five seasons in Fort Wayne, University of Vermont graduate, started the year in Britain where he was a teammate of Brian Lemos's with the Guildford Flames, and then signed with Jacksonville. And he is headed to Indy. He has scored 27 and 25 goals the last two seasons with Fort Wayne and had had a pretty solid start to the year so far with four goals and two assists in 13 games. Victor Hadfield is a fourth year pro, played a little bit in the American Hockey League in the 2020-21 season, but since has been with South Carolina in the last three seasons with Jacksonville had one assist in eight games with the Icemen so far this season. He's a versatile guy that can play both forward and defense, and looking forward to seeing both of those guys in Indy Fuel sweaters coming up this week. And so that's a look at what's going on in the Fuel world right now. Let's join our guest. Our first guest is one of a couple of young defensemen with this Fuel squad, Santino Centurame played last season split between Laval and Trois-Rivières and came to Indy and has been a really solid addition to the Fuel Blue Line. Quarterbacks the power play and is a solid two-way defenseman. Here is our conversation with Fuel rookie Santino Centurame. First of all, Santino, welcome to Indy. Just describe how this first few weeks of the season have gone for you as you've gotten acclimated to a new team in a new city. Yeah, it's been good so far. I mean, uh, everyone's really good. The boys are good. I'm really happy about that. And uh, I mean, obviously, we didn't get off the start we wanted to hockey-wise, but uh, we're definitely looking to turn it around. You've spent most of the first couple of weeks on the road. How good is it to be back at home, especially as well as you guys played the last time you were here? Yeah, obviously, uh, the way we're going right now, it's it's good that we're back at home and then we can get uh, back on the right foot here, so it's uh, it's good. Yeah, three assists in a period last time you were here, too. Uh, just describe the way that you've always played where you really generate a lot of offense from the blue line. Yeah, I mean, uh, I like to think of myself as a two-way defenseman. I mean, uh, chip in offensively when I can. Uh, just trying to get the puck in the forward stands and let them go to work. Four seasons in the Ontario Hockey League, a couple of years as captain. How did that experience help prepare you for the professional ranks because the quality of players you're playing with and against and just the pro-style schedule you had? Yeah, it's uh, obviously a lot of, a lot more games than when I was at school, uh, Canadian University, so it's, uh, it's a lot similar to the pro game. You're playing a lot of games, a lot of uh, back-to-backs and a lot of three-and-threes and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it was good for me to get through that and uh, prepare me for pro. First season, you spent the first part of the year in London with what looked like a really loaded team. What was that experience like for you? It was good. Uh, learned from uh, a lot of older guys and uh, a lot of guys that are moved on to pro now. And uh, I was just really young, just trying to soak up everything and learn a lot. And then uh, 
your years as a captain, obviously coming here, you're in a room where there's a lot of guys that have worn a letter somewhere on their jersey in junior or, or in college. How important is it to be able to bring that leadership ability in, into a room where you've got a lot of guys that are high character guys that are leaders? Yeah, it's it's good. I mean, uh, I'm sure at some point everyone in this room has worn a letter or been a leader on their team. So, I mean, uh, just because you don't have a letter on your jersey doesn't mean you're not a leader in this room. And, I mean, I'm one of the older guys on the team now, so it's it's good. I mean, uh, you don't need to look far to find leadership in this room. Finance degree from St. Francis Xavier. What's, uh, what are your goals as far as using that in your post-hockey career? Uh I don't know. We'll see. I mean, uh, kind of haven't thought too far into that uh, yet, but uh, maybe one day I'll put that to you, so we'll see. What uh, Describe the transition going from your rookie season to year two, and how much more – how much did that year last year help as far as just being able to hit the ground running this year? Yeah, obviously uh, last year coming from King University, I didn't really know what to expect. Uh, it was good to get my feet wet and uh, get adjusted to the game, the pro-style game. Um, this year I definitely feel a lot more comfortable uh, within my game. So, yeah, it was good. Stint in the American Hockey League as well. How impactful has that been for you? Yeah, you know, that was uh, huge for me. I mean, just uh, to prove to myself that I can do it and play at that level, and it was a good learning experience too, just uh, soaking up everything. And when I was up there, even though it was a short time, it was really good for me. Something about you that our fans maybe uh, wouldn't know about you. What's something unique about you? Uh, I'll go, I can juggle. How about that? That sounds good. Yeah. Who's, who's the best player you played with? Uh, ever? Uh, I'll go with a guy that I played with in junior. His name is Petrus Palm. He was a little uh, kid from Finland. He was unreal, just uh, really small, but he was so strong and really good shot, too. As you were growing up, who was somebody you tried to pattern your game after? Um... Obviously, you know, you got the Nick Lidstroms and guys like that and probably uh, Chris Letang. What are your goals for the rest of the year here? Uh, well, let's start winning some games and uh, just have a good year, enjoy it. Um, and obviously, everyone wants to win championships, so that's that's my end goal here too. What is it that, that brought you to Indy when you had the, op- the options to choose where you wanted to play this year? Um... There was some familiarity with uh, Josh Mogi, my coach, uh, when I played minor hockey, and uh, just talking with him and Dunks, it just seemed like a good fit for me, so that's why I chose it. What's been the uh, best best thing about being here so far? Uh, just the group of guys we have. It's, it's a great group, uh, a lot of fun, and just uh, made me feel real, real comfortable really fast. Well, thank you so much. Good luck tonight for yeah. the rest of the year. Thank you. That's Santino Centurame. Our next guest, Anthony Fiorillo, was the captain of Army West Point last year, where he took over for Colin Bielik in that role. And Anthony started the year in Atlanta, was waived by them in training camp, picked up by the Fuel, and has been a mainstay on the Fuel Blue Line. He scored his first career goal on Friday night against the Wheeling Nailers, and we had a chance to chat before Saturday's game. Here is that conversation with Anthony Fiorillo. First of all, Anthony, congrats on goal number one last night. Uh, just how exciting was that for you to 
be able to score your first pro goal and how'd that come about? Yeah, it was pretty surreal. I mean, honestly, it kind of blacked out during it. Uh, it just kind of all happened, but uh, unreal feeling. Uh, it was a nice play. Uh, Lemos made coming uh, down the middle, gave it to Belly, and Belly made an unreal pass. The middle, I kind of got on my stick and uh, just kind of fired it and went in the back of that. I was super pumped, so... Good to the dangerous areas of the ice, and good things happen, right? Exactly, exactly. So pretty exciting. Uh, definitely feels good to get that uh, that first one off your shoulders. Now looking to get a couple more here tonight. So, yeah. just describe uh, what things have been like for you here in Indy, and coming here a few weeks ago, early in the season, and coming right into the lineup and then kind of being, being in and out of the lineup since? Yeah, I mean, uh, pros a, is a different game yeah. than college, uh, so it's definitely a lot of good players in this league, so it's you got to come in every day, earn it. Uh, the organization has been uh, super unreal for me and uh, treating me like gold. Um, so super excited to be here. Uh, coaching staff has been unbelievable. All the other staff, the guys have been awesome. So, yeah, just working hard every day to uh, earn a spot in the lineup and just uh, keep the ball rolling. So, so really about just taking advantage of the opportunities you have and just learning and getting better every practice, every game? Exactly. I mean, even as a first-year guy, a couple guys get called up, a couple guys get injured. You get your opportunity you got to make the most of it. Um, so, yeah, just trying to embrace it all and just trying to make the most of every opportunity to get in here and just super excited to be here and looking forward to the rest of the season how has your journey been this season started in atlanta's training camp and how did the opportunity come about to come to indy yeah i mean uh started off signing with atlanta and awesome awesome coaching staff awesome mm-hmm. group of guys there uh just wasn't the right fit for me mm-hmm. um and ended up uh talking to coach here in the summer one of the places I was interested in and I uh, had really good conversation uh, things ended up not working out in Atlanta and then got the opportunity to come here and uh, it's been awesome and been super grateful for the opportunity so. four years at West Point what's been the biggest difference going from the college game to the pro game um, I would say everything's a little faster stronger uh, quicker um, just it's uh, the, the best of the guys from the college and the major juniors in Canada. So it's just a step step ahead of college and uh, definitely just got to do everything a little quicker and faster. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just kind of getting the first couple under your belt and getting things going is uh, always the big thing. And then once you get comfortable, you get to kind of open your horizon and kind of get, get to do a little more in your game. But Describe what your West Point experience was like, both on and off the ice, and how that's helped prepare you for – you know, life after college? Yeah, so uh, it was a pretty interesting experience. Definitely not the normal uh, college experience that most kids go through. Uh, kind of go there uh, your freshman year. Just is a lot of... Uh, a lot of hardship and a lot of mental battles you go through, a lot of ups and downs, but uh, the biggest thing for me was just the group of guys I was surrounded by, whether it was my teammates, coaching staff, uh, mentors I had there, um, just kind of getting through getting through every uh, single day, just step by step and not looking too far into the future, but uh, once you get through that first year, then you get to the next, and then it just kind of gets easier and easier, but yeah, it was, uh, I met some of the best people, some of lifelong friends, some mentors that are going to be in my life for the rest of forever and I think the biggest thing for me is just kind of 
finding how to deal with adversity in tough times and just never never giving up and never quitting and um, just surround yourself with really good people day in day out and I uh, definitely learned a lot from that experience and looking forward to what it does for me in the future. How do you navigate the the military commitment that you have with playing pro hockey? Yeah, I mean, obviously, West Point in the Army has been tremendous in giving me this opportunity to be able to defer my service and be able to play pro hockey and live my dream that I had since I was a kid. Um, it's it's exciting, right, because all my buddies are out there uh, serving this country right now and classmates, um, but de- definitely super excited I get the opportunity to be able to come out here, live my dream as long as possible, and keep playing and try and make the most of it. And then whenever hockey comes in now or in years from now, um, definitely excited to give back to my country and live up to my commitment. What does it mean to you to put on the uniform of the United States Army and, and be a member of the Army? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's one thing I learned at West Point. It's it's uh, life's bigger than yourself, and it's not all about you. So I think that's one thing that I look and just kind of represent the people that came before me that did it. Um, people are doing it now. Um, some pretty impressive uh, men and women out there that are giving their lives up right now to serve this country, and it's just an honor to be able to represent them and represent this country and um, going out there and giving my all every day just like they did. You were the C last year for West Point, and succeeding a guy who's a current teammate now, how nice is it to have a guy like Colin Bielek in the room and be reunited with a former teammate? Yeah, I mean, it's awesome, right? Again, uh, going through that school you kind of get a little bit of a closer bond with the guys than maybe some other schools and teams just because of the stuff that you go through but um yeah i mean it's it's awesome having him here we kind of we've been through it together at least for three years um he's kind of got a year under pro under his belt so it's nice to kind of pick off him and uh just kind of be be back together again so we're pretty close at school so it's good to be back it's great what's been your favorite thing about indy so far uh Definitely, I would say, the group of guys we have here and just how we get treated. It's a prestigious organization. Um, The guys have been super welcoming and awesome since I got here. And just the way we get treated day in and day out has been been unreal. That's Anthony Furiola, rookie fuel defenseman. Our next guest is Andrew Blunt. Andrew has had a really fascinating story last year. He was basically the last guy cut from the uh, training camp roster, went down to the Southern Professional Hockey League, knowing that when there would be an opportunity, he would likely be coming back to Indy. And since coming back, he has been a mainstay in the fuel lineup. Tremendous penalty killer, but has been a point-to-game player for the fuel this season. A very good scorer, plays with a lot of speed, a lot of energy, just a great guy to boot. He's the type of player you love to see have some success because he just goes all out every shift and uh, does some great things and creates havoc when he's on the ice. So here is our conversation with Fuel Forward, Andrew Blunt. Andrew, just describe the start to your season. We're 10 games in, and uh, you've had a, a individually especially a very successful start of the year. Just kind of describe how things have gone for you. Uh, things are going well for me. Uh I don't really uh, care about that, though. Uh, I'm worried about the team's success, and that's what I'm trying to do is help us win and do the things I can do, do my part, and know my role. And I'm just trying to get the guys going out there and making sure that we're all ready to go and dialed in. And just it's a team game, so they're helping me and I'm helping them, and they're a big part of my success. 
what does it mean to you to be part of the leadership team here and, and wear the alternate captain's A on your sweater? Uh, it's an honor. Um, it means a lot and definitely kind of puts a little bit more pressure on me to do things right and be a leader and show the guys that what it takes to do things right and be here and be part of the Indy Fuel. And I, uh, It's nice knowing that Duncan Dunks has that trust in me out there and knows that I'll do anything for these guys. A year ago, you were one of the last cuts in training camp and went back to Knoxville and essentially took advantage of the opportunity when you get a chance to come back here and you go from there to being somebody that you couldn't keep out of the lineup. Now you're wearing a letter and one of the leaders on the team. Just kind of describe what that has been like for you. Yeah, I mean, last year uh, when I got released, I was pretty bummed, but Dunks told me, um, like, you're on this team. There's nothing he could really do. His hands were tied, and he said, "Right when you can, right when I can bring you back, you'll be back." And that's what happened. And I went to Cincinnati and had that uh, that crazy fight. And <laughs> from there, I took off and filled my role and did the things that he wanted me to do. And I just kept working and making sure that I was doing things right for everybody and for him, and paying attention, listening, and just dialing things in and making sure I could be the best teammate and player I could be out there. From year one to year two to year three now as a pro, just how much has the game changed for you as you've gotten more and more experience? Now you're one of the more experienced guys in the room. Um, the experience part, it helps, especially, I mean, I think that's why I'm being successful early right now. Um, starting to get my legs and know what is going to happen against each team. I mean, Dunks does a good job with preparing us and I pay a lot of attention when it comes to those things and that's a big part of being a pro. You gotta, you gotta really dial it in and know who you're playing against and know your opponent. And it changes every single night with every single team. Even if it's the same team, they might change something up. And we go out there and we prepare for it. So every single year, you just keep building and building as a player, and hopefully, just get better as a person. I see something happening on the penalty kill. Usually you're the guy around the puck. Just describe how much pride you take in your penalty killing. Uh, that is that's my pride and joy. So I know I know Dunks has a lot of trust in me when it comes to that and I take a lot of responsibility when it comes to being on the penalty kill and it's my favorite part of the game. So I like I like bailing guys out when they go on the penalty box because I know if I go on the penalty box they're gonna do the same thing for me and I like scoring shorthanded goals, so I like shoving it in the other team's face. You know, like, your power play stinks. So, uh, yeah, it's a huge part of my game, and I try and work on that every single day. You know, shorthanded goals, does that really come from being aggressive and using the speed that you have? Yeah, our power play is uh, all about pressure, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing I have is I have speed, and I like to get in the dirty areas, and... I think that's why I thrive when it comes to the penalty kill. And it uh, really, when we're all over them, just pucks get turned over and they can't handle it. For some reason, teams like to lay back when it comes to the power play. And when we come at them, they can't handle it. You're getting a lot of power play time as well, getting opportunities to play up and down the lineup. and Just describe the fact that you can kind of be a Swiss Army knife where you can play in all situations and whether you can play a checking role or you can play a scoring role. Yeah, um, I think that's one thing um, 
Dunks likes about me is I can go anywhere when it comes to the lineup and whatever he wants me to do, I'll do it. So being able to jump from the first line or fourth line or PK or power play if he needs a guy out there, I'm ready to go and I pay attention to the things he says in there when it comes to the power play, even if I'm not on it, just in case, you never know. One of our guys might be in the box or something and just got to be prepared for whatever he throws at me and I, I make sure I am. One of my friends saw the roster and said, you guys might as well rename your team the Bulldogs. There's so many Adrian guys on the team. Yeah. How, how nice is that for you to see a lot of familiar faces in the room? Uh, it's it's cool. Um, it's cool to see guys move up and get a chance at pro hockey and become better hockey players and learn the game and different style because pro is way different than college. And, uh, yeah, it was good. It's I didn't really know Spotniak too well. He was there when I left, but... Ruffin, Cam Gray, and like I've I was with them for two years, so I knew them pretty well. So yeah, it's cool to have them around and see their faces again and see them move forward with their hockey career. So and that says a lot for the coaching staff as well. I know I've known Adam Krug for a long time, and the way that he prepares you guys, not just to win at the college level, but also for several guys to come come on and play at the next level. Yeah, yeah. We uh, left at a not a great spot, but um, I've talked to him and we're great. And I have nothing but respect for Krug, and he is a great coach, and he makes sure that he does everything he can to help the players he has there, and wants to develop them, and wants he wants to have a winning culture. So, what are your goals here for the rest of the year? Um, my goals for this year and the teams. I want to. I want it to be a consistent effort every single night. I want us to come out there prepared, ready to go right off the puck drop, right off the first puck drop, and do things right. That's the biggest thing. Is I want to do stuff right every single game. So we are just continuously building and having that confidence and trust in each other and start winning games. And obviously, you want to. We want. Like, we got to get to playoffs and we want to move forward and obviously every hockey player you want to win it all so you just got to keep building and working hard in practice and doing things right in games and when you don't you buckle down and you learn from it and you need to fix it and stop compounding mistakes and just get better as a unit that's andrew blunt our last guest is our guest on survivor night rupert bone a big hockey fan and also Survivor contestant, gubernatorial candidate, and the head of Rupert's Kids, a tremendous charity that works with mentoring people coming out of the criminal justice system and helping them get into a good life. Uh, and we talk a lot about Rupert and his mentoring program and... Enjoy our conversation with Rupert Bonham. Rupert, welcome. Oh, it's great to see you. Oh, thanks very much, man. It's great to be here. You know, just describe, uh, you've come to a number of uh, uh, hockey games over the years as a guest. You love the sport. Just describe why you enjoy coming and, and being a part of things here at the Coliseum with the Fuel. You know, I've told everybody, you can watch hockey on TV, but when you're at a game, it's so much better. You can follow the puck a lot easier. You see and feel the game. There's nothing like being at a game. And, you know, I love the Indy Fuel, so you got to be here. Absolutely. And... Uh, 
I think a little bit about your story. Obviously, a lot of people know you from Survivor, but you're a Hoosier native. You've lived in Indiana pretty much your whole life. Just talk about how you grew up and how you ended up on Survivor, where you were able to uh, uh, become essentially an instant celebrity. You know, I was that little Hoosier boy growing up in Kokomo and playing around out in the woods, not realizing that I was going to use those skills when I grew up on a silly TV show, but, you know, running around catching snakes and lizards, fishing and playing in the creeks, playing in Wildcat Creek. Uh started my mentoring program years ago back in gosh 91 we had our first mentoring program dealing with kids in the detention centers that were getting kicked out of schools that weren't making it in the public education so they were starting to get funneled into the detention centers you know and we created for 12 years even before survivor we had our mentoring program up and running kids hope kids helping other people exist and was working here in indianapolis with the inner city youth doing wonderful stuff and teaching young men and women how to make that legal living you mm-hmm. know and showing the value in education to the young men and women that we had mm-hmm. after survivor i came back and you know our program has kind of grown into those adults that are coming off of the streets and out of the system. Now we have a 12-bed facility with no government dollars running with 16 guys teaching them how to make a legal living, giving them that sense of self-worth and work ethic, Mm -hmm. and putting them back into the community, showing that, you know, somebody that's addicted to, you know, alcohol or drugs is not a bad person. They've just made some bad choices, and they deserve another chance. They deserve that that chance to go out and show they can take care of themselves. And having the opportunity to mentor people, whether they be young people or whether they be adults, how much pleasure does that give you seeing people, especially your first mentees are now in their 30s and 40s, how much pleasure does that give you seeing them have success in life as adults as they come come out of the program and and come out with a really good foundation. You know, we're having our 19th uh, 19th annual Tuxes and Tennies Black Tie event tomorrow night, Saturday night. We've got a couple returning graduates that have came that are coming back to speak about what they've been doing since they've been out. Being able to have some of these young men and women come back and show you what they're doing, show you how they're taking mm-hmm. care of themselves. You see them and you know, they're just a normal person in the community. They're not that person struggling. They're not that one, you know, walking midnight and out nowhere to go. They're, they're out there paying their bills, mm-hmm. taking care of themselves, um, going on with their life, helping. Who wouldn't love giving people the ability to have that quality of life back? You know, our little slogan, you don't have to be an angel. You just got to stop being, you know, a horse's butt. You've got to be able to take care of yourself, pay your bills and have your life and share that with your family and friends. It's amazing what happens in our program. Our results, even with no tax dollars, we save tax dollars. We don't spend tax dollars. Our results match any other program out there. We beat, we have that 70% success rate even three years out of our program where most programs are struggling with that. Being able to show, you know, the empowerment always works over mm-hmm. the punishment. 
You know, so that's what we try and focus on. And, you know, that's what the fuel is helping us do tonight with the survival night and survivor surviving the, you know, the struggle that we all have to. It's not just the game of survivor. It works in school, in work, mm-hmm. in home, in relationships. It counts how you treat yourself and others. Mm-hmm. I made it a hundred days in thir- in three games treating other people. I was no angel. You know, I might have stole everybody's shoes and I might have lied a little bit about it, but I wasn't the bad guy either. I'd bring the food home every night and cook it up and feed everybody. I'd take care of us at camp. I'd build the shelter. And when I built a bad shelter, we built another shelter. You know, and you help each other. That's what we're doing. That's what everybody here tonight is helping with, too, because this is all helping Rupert's Kids, our mentoring program. Uh, describe what y- you are doing with Rupert's Kids now in Shelbyville. You've been there right. for quite a while, and some of the work you're doing in that community. Well, you know, we tried for years. We were 20 years in working inner city Marion County and really tried to create the beds here in Marion County and realized it was easier going, you know, 20 miles outside the community mm-hmm. to a smaller community and creating the beds making that safe space for when you are struggling on your addiction, struggling with your family and friends all trying to drag you back down sometimes, um, struggling with your own demons inside yourself. It's good sometimes to get away a little bit and be around others that are going through that same struggle. And, you know, being able to create a 16-bed facility with without having the government fund it, without having the government tell us how long you can or can't stay, without having those restrictions. We are able to create a program that lives in the real world. And as long as you need us, as long as you are progressing forward, be it, you know, slowly or or quickly, Mm -hmm. you stay and we stand with you and we help you. And that's what we're able to do. That's why we have such a great success rate. Well, your time on Survivor obviously made you somebody who's well-known, not just here locally, but nationally. How much have you been able to, to leverage that to help do so much good in the community? You know, it's amazing. I've ran around for the last 20 years. It was 20 years ago, right now, about this time, that I was getting ready to take Amber and Jenna, two beautiful young lady, out on a reward on Thanksgiving Day for when rewards were really rewards and Survivor, uh, for a, a 24-hour spa and, you know, just luxury being able to go out and do stuff like that, showing the world who I was, has made it so I've traveled now around the world collecting appearance fees and money and bringing it back to Indiana and spending it on us, taking, creating that, you know, that program that I always said we, we could do if we just had the funding. Well, Survivor has been able to give us the funding, and now with a lot of help from the community, because please, rupertskids.org, hit that donate button, you know, it all helps. We, to, to create that 16-bed facility, we run over $300,000 a year that we generate, but we generate that with our own 
self-worth with our own work. We don't hold our hand out asking for money. We go out and teach our guys how to go to work and make money through that, paying our guys, and they give back to the program. We go out and generate funds with our community days, giving product away, creating a you-pay-what-you-can kind of store that helps fund our program. So many different things that you can do out there that you can see what we're doing on our website, on our different media platforms. But really, it's all to generate that ability to give people that second, third, fourth chance. We all deserve another chance mm-hmm. until the day we die. There, we're worth trying to help and trying, instead of just creating facilities where they sit and sit in our pockets, mm-hmm. how about we keep them working, keep everybody taking care of themselves and out and, you know, taking care of themselves. Yeah, 11 years ago, you ran for governor, yeah. <laughs> crisscrossing the state. Yep. Just describe what that experience oh, was like my gosh. going going into politics for, for a season <laughs> and, and having that run. Well, I am so happy, honestly, that I did it. I'm very proud that I was able to stand up against, you know, and face off Mike Pence mm-hmm. and John Gregg in the debate showing, you know, the Healthy Indiana Plan. They pretty much took that from our program, from our campaign. I was able to change the way we were thinking. That was back when we were willing to write the DOMA laws into the Constitution and show everyone out in Indiana we're hate, you know, we're hate-filled and we want to put people down. Oh my gosh! That was when we had billions of dollars in our budget and millions of dollars unaccounted for. I wanted to just bring light to all of that. At least I was able to stand up and show there needs to be a third, fourth, fifth voice. You know, I started talking about the tri-party coalitions, the multi-parties, not just the two parties. But being able to go and run for governor and at that time make get more votes than any other third party candidate in Indiana's history. Little hairy scary me. Oh my gosh. I should have honestly though been running around in my tie-dye tank top screaming <laughs> and yelling saying really what I wanted to say. But we tried to be a little more of the establishment and show mm-hmm. we were serious. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and we stood up and like I tell my guys, my men and women in our program, when you've got something to say, find a socially correct way to say it and tell as many people as you can. That's why we're standing up with the probation, home mm-hmm. detention, community corrections, working with them as a reentry program, mm-hmm. taking people out of their facilities and giving them a good pathway to make it a successful pathway, not a pathway filled with stumblers filled with, you know, the system trying to pull money out of you, filled with so many roadblocks. You know, you're going to see our way is the new way of the reentry programs. Check it out, rupertskids.org. We're working with the system to change the system. Well, Rupert, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Oh, thank you. Have a great day. I want to thank Rupert for joining us. Last week, that was during a Friday Survivor Night against the Wheeling Nailers, and also our other guests, Santino Centurame, Andrew Blunt, and Anthony Furiolo. Well, the Fuel are home on Friday. It's a do 317 night. It's Black Friday against the Fort Wayne Comets. That's Friday, November 24th. It's always a big game when the Comets are in town. Also always a big game when it's Black Friday and the Fuel hosting their seemingly annual now Black Friday home tilt. The Fuel are then on the road Sunday in Kalamazoo. They return home for Wednesday night hockey 
with the Wheeling Nailers visiting the Indiana Farmers Coliseum next Wednesday. So a lot of opportunities coming up to see the Indy Fuel in action. want to thank you for listening today to this edition of Under the Hood. I am Andrew Smith. We'll see you at the rink. Thanks for going under the hood with the Indy Fuel. For more, keep visiting IndyFuelHockey.com.